Is calling someone racist? Racist? I'm Scott Ott with Zoe Rachel sitting in for Bill Whittle and Stephen Green. And this episode of Right Angle is brought to you by the members at BillWhittle.com. I did not just stutter, gentlemen. <laughs> uh, but this question arose uh, after Scott Adams, oh. the guy who draws Dilbert. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. You <laughs> <laughs> we should have taken a bet, man. We should have taken a bet. Oh, are you kidding? I, I bet myself a so, hundred bucks. I got, And now I have to pay and collect that money for myself. I, I have, uh, I, before we came on, members saw in our backstage show that I uh, begged to be able to go first this week because uh, I knew that my colleagues were likely to choose the same topic. However, as usual, I've got a weird perspective on this that it's probably not going to be the same as yours. I really am not going to get into the issues about whether Scott Adams' um, pronouncements on his YouTube podcasty kind of thing uh, involve racism or not. Uh, what's more interesting to me are three aspects of this. So for those of you who who have not yet heard, um, Scott Adams first lost a few newspapers who said they would no longer carry uh, the Dilbert cartoon, and then he lost his syndication company. Um, they dropped him too, uh, based on some comments he made in reaction to a survey that showed that uh, almost half of uh, the black people surveyed uh, said they either didn't think it was okay to be white or they didn't know. Um, so that, and that split almost down the middle too. So it was like 24 or 21% of each. Basically they're saying, um, the question that the surveying agency asked was, is it okay to be white? And some people, about a quarter of the, of the black people said no. And then another, I don't know, 20, 21%, something like that said, uh, they weren't sure. Uh, and then 53% said, yeah, it's okay. It's okay to be white. Where was I on this poll? Um, so, I didn't get to take this poll. <laughs> That's right. So I have I have a couple of issues, and uh, number one is who does a poll like this? Like, is it? Yeah. And, and apparently, it's related to some sort of meme. But I'm like, what do you mean? Is it okay to be white? This isn't. This is not something that I can opt into or out of. <laughs> so why is this even a question? Um, and I'm sure there's somebody listening right now who said yes. And my lifestyle is also not a choice. It is something that is in the core of who I am. Uh, but anyway, uh, Zoe, I'll, I'll go to you first since uh, you groaned first when I mentioned the topic. Um, so uh, a couple of things here. Um, number one, Scott Adams has been so well known since about 1989, I think it was, or something like that when, when Dilbert started. Um, he has such a huge following being dropped by a syndicator, he said that's about 80% of his income right there. Uh, but if he were so motivated, Zoe, you know, we've got YouTube and self-published books and websites and, you know, and all kinds of other ways to get your message out there, subscription-based sites like BillWhittle.com. Um, is it really possible to cancel someone like Scott Adams anymore? Man, I, you know what? I don't know if I, I, I don't even know if I can relate. I mean, being canceled before I even got started, you know, that's, I don't know if I can relate to that because it's like, I didn't have, before I could even get going, I got canceled with him, you know, uh, with the notoriety that he's got, you know, to be able to start again, you know, he, he might be able to. And I guess the, it's, and that's, that's it, probably an easier question for me to answer than answering, um, 
what am I even doing here? According to the authority of, of Dilbert and the authority of, of, of Scott, the authority of Scott Adams, we ain't supposed to be hanging out. He said, yeah. he said, white people, man, <laughs> you need to back away from black folks and don't have anything to do with Stay them. the heck away. Stay the heck yeah. away. So either you guys didn't get the memo or you're really knuckleheaded <laughs> and Bill didn't get the memo and has me filling in here. So or, you know, like I said, uh, you know, some, like I said, somebody didn't get the memo. But to cancel, um, let, me, let, let me answer it like this. Even to be for him to be facing this. His his statement, uh, while I understand it, I understand the gaslighting. He's gaslit. He's totally gaslit and he's given over to this. Uh, and I understand the frustration of it. Um, but at the same time, I think it was a really irresponsible thing to say. Um, it was an, it was an, he let his emotion get the better of him and stuff like that. Um, and whatever, whatever sort of feelings that he's feeling about it, I'm pretty sure he had to weigh the cost of it. Um, maybe in, in his mind, he's thinking, yeah, I'll probably get canceled. And it's considering this culture, if he knows that this culture has gone so far to where it's like you can ask a poll, hey, is it OK to be white? If he knows that the culture has gone that far with this kind of ridiculousness and in this cancel culture that we've got, I'm pretty sure he's weighed the cost. It's like, man, if I say this, I'm probably going to get canceled from everything. So maybe he's got like some sort of contingencies in mind. Maybe he's done the math and say like, look, man, I may lose all my, you know, my publishing and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, according to these stats, I'm going to be OK. Maybe he did that kind of math. Do you think, Zoe, where, uh, my question is, where on the where in the sequence of events did he lose it um, when he said basically, um, hey, almost half of, of black people are racist mm. or when he referred to them as a hate group or when he took it to the next step and said, you should, white people should stay the heck, and I'm softening that a little bit, but you should stay the heck away <laughs> from black people. Did Was there any point on that uh, spectrum where he could have stopped and maybe been okay? I think, you know, um, so he says- um, what was it? The, 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 when it talks, he, he was talking about, he's tried to be on the winning team and he says he wants to be on the winning team. And I guess being on the winning team is basically, he got the reality check when they're like, no, it's not okay to be white. And he's even a tried to, I guess, maybe alluded to, he's like to identify as black, you know, to be on the winning team. And maybe that was kind of like the last straw when it's like, look, man, I've even gone as far as to identify myself as black to be on the winning team. And I'm like, you know, that's not a good picture of what it is to get along with people. That's like some Rachel Dolezal, Talcum yeah. X kind of stuff. You you think that you yeah, got to be That's where he lost me. Right. It's, now, was that him? Him Was that he himself or was that one of his characters? I understand he he drew a, a black character and that black character identified as Black Maybe he identified with the character altogether. You know, it's, it's part yeah. of his personality. But it's like saying, you know, if, if to to really get along, man, it's like, look, like I like I tell Bill, it's like, look, man, I don't think of you as my white friend. Scott's not my white friend. Steve's my white. We just friends, man. It's like I don't I don't I don't get into it. And what makes it beautiful is that despite our differences. You're still friends. I don't feel like, hey, I've got to go and, and, and join the white group in order to be uh, um, to, to, to be uh, accepted by them or anything like that. That's a that's an insult to all of us. Any more than you guys would. Well, I guess I got to be black in order to, to get along with. Oh, no. The beauty of it is, is that, yeah, despite the different nations we represent, we friends. That's how it's supposed to be. So he already made the mistake there by thinking he had to be something that he's not. And maybe that disappointment caught up with him. He's just like, 
you guys still think that it's not okay to be white? And it shouldn't bother him because I thought you identified as black anyway, Dilbert. So why are you insulted because somebody <laughs> said it's not okay for you to be white? I don't, where, where these people are going with it is just ridiculous, man. It's hard to keep up. Sorry. Zoe, I, I just want to thank you because uh, don't go changing just to please me. <laughs> you never have to work that hard. Yeah, yeah I got Billy Joel um, in my head now, man. Thank you. That's right. So, Stephen Green, um, mm. the argument could be made that, uh, in fact, we have made this argument, and other people on the so called right um, have made this argument that if you're an entertainer, you should entertain. And, you know, it's the Laura Ingram book, Shut Up and Sing. It's the, hey, you know, you're a football quarterback. You don't need to be taking a knee during the national anthem and to make some sort of political statement during an NFL game. Um, So we've made this case. Do you think Scott Adams, uh, if he wished to hang on to his Dilbert empire, uh, should have realized that he has a, a, a... if not a higher calling, a larger obligation there to keep what he does as entertainment distinct from any political views that he might have. You know, we, we've talked before about how uh, Johnny Carson could make political jokes, but you had a hard time sussing out exactly what his politics were because he really realized that he was in the business of making people laugh, not raising their ire. Uh, is there any way that Scott Adams with his you know strong political beliefs, and this isn't the only thing that he's ever said, but yeah. um, is there any way that he could have compartmentalized those or just made the decision to say, no, I'm a funny guy. I'm making funny cartoons. I, I think part of this was inevitable because if you follow him on Twitter and watch his uh, uh, Coffee with Scott Adams podcast, which I, I I don't watch religiously or anything. I don't. I make podcasts. I don't have time to watch them. Um, yeah. Uh, but I'll I'll see excerpts every now and then, clips. And he kind of has these these two personas. One is just the Dilbert comic strip, which is still funny. I, I only spent two years in in the corporate world with a desk job and it's so burned into my memory all of the awfulness of it that dilbert still cracks me up even though i haven't done this in almost 30 years um it's it's just a great comic strip but in his other persona he is this uh sort of unwoke based public intellectual if i can use a fancy phrase there because he is a bit full of himself that's that's I don't know if that's how he is, if that's part of his shtick, whatever it is. But we were talking about John Adams earlier and how his being full of himself kept him from being remembered as one of the greatest of the founding fathers. Um, And I'm not elevating Adams to that level, but it's I think it's a similar personality trait to John Adams. Not elevating Scott Adams to that level. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) My bad. Uh, There's just so so many Adams. Also, I'm heavily medicated on Mucinex right now. Total brain There's a whole family of Adams, my understanding is. Bunches of them. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, um, Adams was, if if you follow the the Twitter brouhaha that followed uh, on Adams' timeline on uh, on Monday and, and Tuesday morning, which I did, I wrote about this for PJ Media today, uh, Tuesday, uh, for Insanity Rep. He found himself explaining, and as Reagan said, if you're explaining, you're losing. And what he had tried yeah. to do in this in this video was to use hyperbole to bash various things. The problem is if it was if it was supposed to be dry comedy, it wasn't arch enough to be funny. There was there was no humor there. And if he was if he was trying to lampoon things, it wasn't 
clear what his target was. It was it was unfocused. Was was he uh, bashing the notion that uh, black people can't be racist? Was he bashing white flight? Was he uh, bashing the uh, the the uh, various groups on college campuses that are segregating themselves? And I'm not talking about white groups. I'm talking about uh, areas that are you know uh, blacks only, Latino only, trans only, whatever on college campuses. It wasn't clear what his target was. So as satire, it wasn't good either. And for a guy who is uh, sharp and satirical, this was this was just a really meh. What are you trying to do here, Scott? I just I didn't get it. Um, on the other hand, there there still might have been a method to his madness. Um, he, he'll be taking uh, he revealed this on Twitter on Monday. He'll be taking Dilbert private. Oh, and by the way, before I finish with that, um, it was not just Dilbert that got canceled. Uh, his uh, book that he is writing, uh, the, yeah. lost the publisher. Uh, his publisher won't be reprinting any of his back catalog any longer. And I believe he lost his book agent as well. Um, so all the merchandising, all that stuff is just is vaporized overnight. So he's taking a huge hit here. Uh, that said, there still might be a method. He's taking Dilbert private. Dilbert is going to be subscriber only on, I think, a, a locals page. So instead of having to share his revenue with publishers and newspapers that really don't like his views, he's going to be keeping it all for himself, whatever is left. So Maybe that was the point all along. I don't know. But my point is, having watched the video, this is the first time I've ever watched one of his whole segments, having watched the video, having read the transcripts, having gone onto Twitter to see him uh, uh, do back and forth with, with people there, I still don't know what the hell he was trying to say. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think that's the greatest crime if you're, uh, if you're a humorist, a satirist, a communicator of some yeah. sort that tries to employ some other art in the communication um, when you fail to connect. And so, you know, he basically caused himself a great deal of grief for something that didn't succeed in conveying whatever message he was trying to get across. Um, my, my tendency is to give most people the benefit of the doubt and to think, you know, he's probably not a raving racist. He was trying to make some sort of a point that basically said, you know, hey, if you've, if you've got a bunch of people out there who white people are accused of being racist toward and they're saying essentially, well, it's not okay to be white, uh, uh, that's, there, there's a problem there too, you know. Uh, but that, that doesn't come across. Um, as I pointed out early on in the program, um, I think that uh, any polling organization who puts out a poll and asks black people, is it okay to be white? is just baiting people. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they're just looking for trouble. They're trying to stir up something. And it's it's a it's a nonsense question. What do you mean is it okay? If they turned that question around and asked a thousand white people, hey, is it okay to be black? Um, they would be they'd be out of business. <laughs> you know, that polling organization would be canceled and their distribution would be cut off and the media wouldn't be willing to have them on the air. Um, because it's not a question that can be answered or that people should answer. So it's just a it's it's a silly kerfuffle, as James uh, Toronto used to call it at the uh, at the Wall Street Journal. But it's got serious consequences yeah. for a guy who's now, uh, I don't know if you can appreciate this. Sure, I'm sure he's wealthy because he's produced this body of work that's generated this income. But when you're an artist like that, it's like an annuity. So you're the, the publishing and the republishing and the books and the comics and, and the syndication and all that are the way you provide for your future. 
<clears throat> and if suddenly you can't have that anymore, the annuity stops growing and starts shrinking immediately. So he's put himself in financial jeopardy, or you might argue that others have put him in financial jeopardy. <clears throat> I think he's got an opportunity not only to recover a lot of his lost income because of the way that media has changed and your ability to self-publish and your ability to connect directly with people, um, but he also has an, uh, an opportunity to clarify not explain, I'm not saying he goes back and recovers that ground, but to to put out messages that clarify what in the world he was actually talking about. And for those of you who don't think that he could you know, recover that kind of income, you're kind of trapped in the old newspaper world. Um, when I self-published a book, and this was years ago now, <clears throat> um, if I had gone through a publisher, I, I think they told me I would have made about 75 cents on a copy of a book that sold for about $15. Because I published my own book, I made about a little over $10 on a copy of a book that sold for about $15. Now, you don't have to sell as many books if you can make $10 on a copy. And so with very little effort um, and, and almost no knowledge, I was able to make more money than I had any right to expect because I didn't deal with a publisher. I also didn't have to wait 18 months to get the book out. I was able to put it out in a couple of months, a month or less. Um, so anyway, there's, the, the, the equation has changed. And what I'm hoping is for other people whose careers have been so-called canceled um, by various things uh, and not explicit racism, but just, you know, political, uh, you know, disfavor um, that they will start looking around them and realizing we're in a brand new world now and you don't have to rely on a, on a newspaper syndicator in order to generate your income or even a publishing house to do that. Um, so that, that was the one thing. And then just the other thing, which I've, <clears throat> I thought sounded just absurd at first, was it is racist to call somebody racist. <laughs> mm. I don't know why. I find that so funny. But, it, you know, if I allege that someone else is racist, I am being racist toward that person. <laughs> now, there, there's got to be some other terminology. I mean, maybe I'm inaccurate. <laughs> maybe it's false. <laughs> maybe I'm lying. Maybe I'm being, you know, deceptive in some way. But to, to accuse someone else of racism and that becomes the new definition of racism just seems absurd to me. Um, now, I think really where Adams went over the line was in, you know, saying it, basically what he did was he lumped everybody together. So he didn't take just the little slice of 25% of the survey respondents who, who said it's not okay to be white. Um, but he basically said, okay, now that, therefore they speak for all black people. Uh, stupid. <laughs> yeah. That, that was just incredibly stupid. Um, so I, I know this is going to blow over eventually and we'll either forget who Scott Adams was or we'll forget this, uh, this controversy. Um, but more people are going to get themselves into situations like this, especially as more people think that it's necessary for them to have a podcast and express their opinion on everything under the sun and somehow stay relevant by, you know, be, being provocative, uh, and making cultural comments. Um, I guess we're taking a risk making this show. So, so. Hey, can I, can I interject? Really yes, quick? please do. Uh, you know, he was, um, you know, I, I see a lot of these comments that people come in, they respond to things like this. And there's a lot of things that people are putting up and, and they're part of the race baiting too. I see a lot of people putting up videos, you know, showcasing uh, 
black people doing evil stuff, right? And you know, and this stuff needs to be brought to awareness because this stuff needs to stop. But at the same time, people are using it to like make some sort of point. Look at what those black people are doing. Look at what those black people yeah, are doing. Yeah. And um, and it's that's bad enough. But a lot of the response to this is, is, is and, and this ties into um, you know, Adams, you know, talking about this poll. What if there was this poll? And a lot of response is, what if it was the other way around? If it was a white person doing this? Or what if we asked this poll, is it okay to be black? And the thing is, you don't have to, you don't even have to have that poll because it's been the other way around. That's what people, a lot of people yeah. seem to forget. It's like when they keep saying, well, just imagine if this was the other way around. Oh, hello, it was. And it was so much so where it's like, it, it, it literally was not okay to be black. They made it law. It is not okay to be black. It's not okay for you to vote. Why? What's my crime? Because you're black. It's not okay for you to drink here. It's not okay for you to eat there. Why? Because you're black. Well, what's my crime? You're black. You know, so that's that kind of apartheid policy has been in America. And it does a lot of Republican voters a disservice that they seem to forget that. And they keep coming back with this question. What if it was the other way around? I think a lot of these people forget that the Republican Party was founded. Because it was the other way around. And Republicans, the radical abolitionists said, dude, this has to stop, right? So they came together, formed the Republican Party, and it's at the top of their platform. We're putting an end to this nonsense that these Democrats are doing who want this apartheid America. So that has to stop. And um, I think it will say a lot in terms of like, um, you know, with Dilbert, maybe he's thinking in this this kind of uh, internet economy that we got, that his enterprise will survive off of Dilbert. And it's like, if he's going to have this backstage or subscriber base, you know, private Dilbert channel, if he's able to re, you know, if, reclaim his living by doing that, maybe it'll say a lot about the cultures. They're like, you know what? I don't care, man. Maybe I agree with you. I agree with it. Yeah. Black people should stay away from white people. And I'm going to give patronage to your business. I'm not making any judgment if people don't, whether they do or don't, that's your business. Right. But Will it say a lot, though, that if people say like, yeah, man, we'll we'll still support you, John. I mean, uh, Scott, we're still going to support you. And, uh, you know, I agree, man. You know, we, should, we need to stay away from black people. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anything good that comes out of this all around. And and I, I want to clarify, I, I was talking specifically about the polling organization asking the question, yeah. not that, you know. Yeah, Rasmussen, I think. Response did this I got you. Yeah. It, was it Rasmussen? Yeah, and yeah, there were only 130 um, respondents. I, it's a BS poll. I mean, yeah. I, I, oh, I could pull really? my was dogs that small? and find out what their favorite kibble is and say, all dogs love this brand of, <laughs> of kibble. I just think it was, if Rasmussen did this, I think it was Rasmussen baiting people to cause racial division and, you know, or to exacerbate, <clears throat> if you want to call it that, um, to make things worse rather than make things better. You know, where's the poll that that d d does the other thing and tries to draw people together? And and I think that we need to be sensitive as readers to efforts to divide us. And when you look at what, no matter what your favorite news source is, when you see some sensational headline that makes it sound like somebody on the other side or in a different group than you has done some horrible thing, you need to immediately dial back a little bit and go, okay, wait a minute, what's really happening here? Where did that story come from? Why did Scott Adams even talk about this? What is this poll about? Who did that? Who asked that question? Who's, who's trying to create this kind of a problem? And not play the game. 
you know, don't fall into it. Don't be sucked in. Don't. And that's where Adams, I think, made a huge mistake is he got sucked in. I think as Zoe was suggesting, it's like, he's like, yeah, I got to comment on this. It was like, no, as, as Steve points out, if it's 130 people respond to a poll, that's not a substantial <laughs> poll. You know, that's not a, a representative sample. That's like somebody went out drinking and asked people in the bar what they thought, you know? <laughs> so... Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we are glad you took a moment to tune into this. And I hope um, that incidents like this um, not prevent us from speaking freely uh, from our hearts and using our minds, but actually engaging our thought before we speak so that we understand how things can be interpreted. I think sometimes people have the idea that I speak freely just as I, you know, just as I think from the cuff and therefore people should be able to take it because that's the truth. No, communication is a two-way street. You need to be aware of how people hear, not just what's blowing out of your blowhole. So I hope we all get a lesson from that, and I hope I'm able to put that into effect myself. I'm going to go back and watch this episode now and wish that we had an editor. For (laughs) Stephen Green and Zoe Rachel sitting in for Bill Whittle, thanks to uh, Spectrum Cable Company not being able to get his internet up and going, (laughs) I'm Scott Ott. Thanks to the members at BillWhittle.com for making Right Angle possible.